everything if that is true. A Star Wars story. Ready PG 13. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl LeClair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the wampus lair podcast this is episode number 283 solo preview show i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and here's an old classic joining me as always the on solo to my chewbacca we have carl leclerc can't get more classic than that for the solo preview show my friend no, no. I tried to keep come up with something more clever and a little bit different using some of the new characters we've seen in the trailers, and I was like, eh, screw it. So. <laughs> <laughs> An oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. Won't be the last time I use it. Uh, Jason, I am mildly excited for this movie. Mildly? You sure it's just mild? Because uh, I'm not excited at all. I'm yeah, really, you know. I have lost all faith in this movie. I probably won't even see it. You know, I mean... Probably, I, I just, I probably won't. I'll probably just, you know, come home and put on Phantom Menace on repeat that evening. Right. So, I mean, really, hashtag not my solo. Hashtag where's my Binks? <laughs> 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 Obviously, I am in pure jest. Jason, I cannot freaking wait for this movie. Oh my gosh. If you guys don't realize by now that we are thrilled and excited about this movie, uh, it could be because you're a new listener. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome um right welcome so. uh which to be fair you know whenever there's been a new star wars movie these last few years we we tend to see a bump in in downloads and folks listening so if you are new you're here because you're also excited and curious with the you know the impending premiere of solo welcome to the wampas Lair, and we hope you have fun with us in this episode where we just speculate all things solo because yes. Jason, I'd like to start with a quick little story about a wonderful thing that happened to me this past week. Well, I would have no idea what that wonderful thing might be. Can you please elaborate? <laughs> so I walked into work uh, just this past Wednesday and opened up my work email. And I have an email from somebody who I have no idea who they are. And it just says, Solo, a Star Wars story. I opened the email, of course, before any of my other work emails, because I'm like, this is pressing, I'm sure. And <laughs> it's from a woman who works for a local marketing office here in Boston that's, that you know is affiliated with Disney. And they found out about our Star Wars club that we started on campus um, at the college I work at. So, uh, you know, a couple students quickly found out how much I love Star Wars that also love Star Wars. So in the second semester, um, they started a Star Wars club. And obviously, I'm the staff sponsor of said club. And somehow this marketing office found out about it and offered us a bunch of passes to go see the movie um, two days. What? Yeah. So it's like, would you like to come to an advanced IMAX screening of Solo on Tuesday, May 22nd? Uh, yes. A resounding Yes. Now, yes. <laughs> of course, all the students are gone because graduation was just this past weekend. 
So <laughs> I, I, I have the, the student that's the president of the club. I sent her a quick text. And I was like, hey, did you, you, know, did you see this? Are you able to come? And uh, you know, I know she lives kind of further away from Boston. And uh, she's like, no, I'm not going to be able to come. I have to go to work in the morning. So I was like, oh, that stinks. Well, all right, I'm going to invite Greg. Um, so, there you go. Of course, uh, I invited Greg and my friend Ben as well, but unfortunately, Ben has to be in California at the beginning of the week. So my buddy Greg, of course, is coming with me. We're both extremely excited. So, um, And because of that, Jason, you and I normally record on Tuesday nights. Yes. And I said, you know, uh, yeah, I'm obviously going to go see the movie instead of record at our usual time, which you understood. Uh, and, yes. and then we talked about maybe just doing a quick episode after I got home. But I was like, you know, Jason, it's going to be hard for me to pretend speculate after I've seen it. So yes. like, if you say something like, oh, I hope we see this, I'm going to be sitting here thinking, like, I know whether we do or not. Right. <laughs> so we figured we were just going to get this out a little bit quicker in the week. Um, hopefully ramp up some of your excitement. I, I'm, you know, Jason, I think the funniest thing that I was, you know, cause obviously I was nerd bragging the rest of the day. Um, of course. and what's so funny is you and I, we've been doing the show for over six and a half years. And to be fair, we've gotten some sweet perks in the sense of consistent media badges to celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never gotten anything like this. We've never gotten, you know, an advanced premiere type invitation. And it's so funny because I started a club in the middle of the spring semester, to minimal success <laughs> and <laughs> somehow landed to advance tickets. So I am very, very excited um, to be able to see this a couple of days in advance. So, uh, right. and yeah. if I was anywhere near Boston, you know, I would be joining you. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing was, is that this, this company was really great because they offered us up, up to 15 tickets for students. And I was like, well, I feel like a jerk, like just taking extra tickets and then trying to find people to come you know, like if for some reason I get to meet the woman who set this up, I'd love to like let her know about the podcast and be like, if you ever have others like for episode nine, think of me <laughs> and Jason, fly him <laughs> out here, <laughs> you know, pay for his play. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I am. I am extremely excited to to go see this this week. And um, really quick, before we start diving into the speculation, glossed over this idea of celebration. Obviously, we got our next celebration announcement. We did Chicago, um, Chicago. That was unexpected. Very (laughs) (laughs) extremely unexpected. I don't know why it's in Chicago. However, it's a lot cheaper to fly to Chicago than either Orlando or Anaheim for me. So I don't care. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk more off air about, you know, whether or not you plan to go. I, I looked at the dates and luckily it's not Easter weekend again this time. <laughs> right. So, right. and it is actually over a long weekend for, for, for the Boston city because that Monday is Patriots day. So everybody has off. Um, uh-huh. So it's a perfect weekend for me. Um, so I plan to go as long as I can get a media badge. <laughs> so. Right. Right. And I, I should be going as well, but we will, you know, that's the plan. But yeah. Of course it's like, you know, 11 months out. So who knows what will happen? Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I just thought it was really bizarre because they're opening up the star Wars lands at uh, yeah. Disneyland and Disney world in Anaheim and Orlando. That's over that summer. I know Disneyland is opening up first. Um, and so I figured we'd be going back to Anaheim mm-hmm. so that they could take advantage of that, get some, you know, buzz going about what's going on at the park. 
by setting up some you know extra event that you can buy an additional ticket for 175 bucks for um you know <laughs> yeah that sort of thing and get to go to the park early or whatever um have just a you know the celebration folks go and experience it at a certain time that sort of thing and i thought that would have been a perfect opportunity to do that and why they haven't i'm not sure but you know whether they decided against that i'm not sure but you know well, at least we got an announcement so we can start planning for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for this for a very long, well, basically since the last celebration, because normally they announce them at the end of each celebration. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited, you know, just to have it on the calendar, um, have a place to go in April to celebrate Star Wars. I, I just find it also weird because they're they're doing this in Chicago where – George Lucas originally tried to have his yeah. uh, museum right. built, and they they ended up declining and, and saying no. Uh, the city of Chicago did, and so he ended up getting approval for it in the L.A. area instead, which is now being built. Um, but so that's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what what the reasoning behind Chicago was. Maybe they'll tell us. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But that's where it's going to be yeah. next next April. You know, apparently this the convention hall that it's being held in is much bigger. Ah. Um, so it could simply be in response to the nightmare that they had in Orlando, right? You know how crazy that was. Yes. They just needed a bigger venue. And, you know, in spite of the fact that, yes, our park is opening, but – you know, if we want to have more people come and have room for them and less, you know, annoy, annoyed patrons, we should probably find a bigger space. So um, I haven't looked. I was talking briefly, real quick the other day with Matt Rushing about it, and he pointed out that it's a definitely a bigger venue. I don't know how much bigger, um, but that would make sense to me as to why they'd move it. Yeah, um, that, that, that could be it. So that could be it. And I'm so. fine with that. I don't I don't need it to be near the Disney parks. Um, I I just want a big space where I can spread out. <laughs> right, right. And who knows? Maybe it'll be not so muggy. Yeah, also <laughs> true. Yeah, Chicago in April will be beautiful. If anything, it'll be cold. So, <laughs> um, Hopefully not snowing. Right, um, exactly. I don't know how I'd handle that. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're a desert boy. Um, well, that's for sure. But uh, anyway, let's let's talk about Solo. You know, this movie has – so. Let's really quick talk about the history of Solo as far as how it was publicized. And I always like to do this. I like to own up to things. So obviously from day one when we heard we were getting a Solo film, my response was, that's stupid. I don't want it. <laughs> you know, which I think, to be fair, a lot of, you know, a lot of fans kind of had that response of like, you know, what the heck? Um, you know, WTJJ, you know, what the Jar Jar? Um, why are we getting a Solo film? And as we as we've now learned, right, Lawrence Kazan was already writing this even before the Disney deal, right? Like he was already he was already tapped by Lucasfilm. I'm assuming even George, I mean, was aware of it, um, and you know, kind of gave it the green light. So Lawrence was already writing this film, and then Disney acquired Lucasfilm, and it just basically got put on right. the back burner initially. Um, so, you know, again, I, I will own up to the fact that I, I was very negative about this film for a long time until that first trailer came out and I did a complete 180 and I am excited and everything I've seen since has just gotten me more and more excited. Yeah, no, I, 
My biggest gripe about this whole thing, uh, when it was first announced, was, okay, Solo, that's nice. You know, I guess it makes sense because we've just, you know, had The Force Awakens happen. And uh, so they want to, you know, bring back the character in, in a way that, you know, to help people, you know, move forward or whatever, you know, help feature that character again, uh, since he's not going to be in eight or nine. But um, I wanted Obi-Wan. I wanted Kenobi, you know, and that was my biggest complaint going into when the first announcement is I, I wanted Kenobi. Um, and Solo is fine, I guess, but not what I was anticipating, not what I was interested in at the time. Mm-hmm. And then it just got to the point where we were hearing nothing except, oh, they fired the directors and now uh, Ron Howard is coming in to finish directing the movie. Um and that was about it. That that was all we really knew. And I was like, I'd like to know what this movie is about so I can know whether or not I'm excited or not. And I just st- kept talking about that for a while because there was just no information whatsoever about this movie until about January, mid-January this year. Or was it early February? Uh, around the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah, it was around the Super Bowl. So that We got that um, first teaser, yeah. Yeah, so, and we finally got something. And now that I've actually seen kind of what to expect, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. This looks like a really fun movie. And not that I dislike uh, The Last Jedi, but that movie is a very dense, very heavy movie, um, which has its place. And there are days where I like digging into all that, but... I'm ready for something fun to come out of Star Wars. I'm ready for something lighthearted, something fun, something exciting, something action-packed. And that looks like what we're going to get in Solo. And so I'm thrilled. Um, And I'm just excited that we have less than a week before we see it. For you, it's two days. For me, it's four. (laughs) I hate you, Carl. Um, (laughs) Just by the grace of the Force, that's all. I did nothing for this. So, yeah, I... I'm finally I'm glad that we finally got information and now that we did I'm super excited so yeah yeah and and that's you know that's a great like kind of segue into why I think this film is coming at the perfect time whether again what whatever your feelings are about last Jedi whether you loved it or hated it or somewhere in the middle um I think what can clearly be said is last Jedi is a very heavy and dense film and mm-hmm. while I think Solo will certainly have its its own share of complexity, it's going to be, you know, you know, some of the reviews are saying, like, it's back to being Star Wars. And I don't think that's not necessarily meant to be a way of slamming or, dis- or dismissing Last Jedi. But I think it's trying to everything seems to be kind of circumnavigating this idea that it's just fun in an adventure film. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's coming really at a really good time right off the heels of Last Jedi, just because while Last Jedi is certainly fun in its own way, I think this is going to be more like popcorn film fun, right? Even Donald Glover, you know, at the premiere said, like, it's a very fun summer movie, um, which implies something. Now, that being said, I trust Lawrence Kasdan to have written a great character story. Um, And that's what I'm excited to see, right? This whole movie is essentially about how did Han Solo become Han Solo? Um, right. And I'm really excited to see that. And it sounds like a lot of the things that we, you know, we know we're going to see, right? We know we're going to see the Kessel run. We know we're going to see um, Han win the Falcon. We know we're going to see Han meet Chewie and 
probably Chewie make a life debt to Han. But apparently a lot of those pieces aren't the way we expect them to be, right? That's what's been coming out um, in the last week since, you know, now these reviews are out. I've been doing my best to shy away from most reviews, um, like especially any of the big extensive ones, because even though they say they're spoiler free, it's always like in some way they give something away. Right. Um, and uh, so I've been trying to stay away from those bigger pieces, but it sounds like I watched like one really brief, like three minute YouTube review. Uh, again, spoiler free. But they did say like some of the big pieces that we know we're getting come about in very different ways and they're going to be and they're curious to see how fandom will react. Now, that makes me a little uneasy, right? Because <laughs> we know how fandom reacts when things don't go the way they want them to. They act like right. babies, petulant children, right? Like, that's not what I wanted. So I hate it. And it's stupid, you know. Um, so I'm a little nervous that, you know, if, you know, Han saves Chewie in some different way, people are going to fly off the handle now mm-hmm. but let's take let's take that point real quick jason han and chewy their meeting and the life debt always canonically the legends canon has been that han freed chewy from slavery and as a result chewy pledges this life debt right i love that um i you know it, it doesn't have to be exactly that i guess but i i'm really hoping it's something profound like that what do you think um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. We, yeah, we've always heard it was a life debt. It was never said, that was never said in the films um, at all, that it was a life debt. They were just, you know, partners, you know, pilot, co-pilot, that sort of thing. Um, I think... I think Han will save Chewie's life and Chewie will, you know, that will help solidify Chewie's decision to stay with Han after whatever this adventure is. Um, but I don't necessarily see it as being a, a an official quote unquote life debt. Um, th- there will definitely be something selfless Han does for Chewie, I believe, um, which creates this you know the sense of duty the sense of um stick around with han help him out um and i think that'll be more what we're going to get rather than like any official life debt swearing you know in of the the life debt to solo that sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah now, i'm trying to remember in you know the did you read the chuck wendig aftermath series I haven't. I have them. I just haven't read them. Okay. I really like them. And obviously the second book is called Life Debt. Right. And without spoiling anything, I mean, what, but the main premise of that book is Han goes back to Kashyyyk with Chewie to fight for the freedom of the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the clone attack on the Wookiees? <laughs> <laughs> um, not the clone attack. What about the, just what about the attack? The on droid the attack on the Wookiees. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so... I, I'm trying to remember if in that book there is something specific about how Chewie had a life debt to Han and now Han's trying to repay. I don't know if that's exactly in there or not. It, I don't. I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, I could see what you're saying being more of the case, right? It's more of this sense of loyalty and duty than a specific life debt, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, but I don't know. I just hope it's something 
where it is he frees Chewie from slavery. And I know that's like a very specific thing to desire, but I think something we've heard a lot about with this film is like Han's character is one who's seeking freedom. So it would make sense that the idea of slavery is repugnant to him. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, slavery or something to that effect, um, would be, would be pretty neat. Um, I, I don't know. It, there's nothing from the trailers that gives me the indication that he was enslaved at all. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if we're going to get that. But, you know, there could be a, a situation where the Imperials or somebody captures and threatens to to sell him into slavery. Um, right. Well, there could be what happens. So we've seen, I saw a clip of something and I don't, I don't even want to say what this is. Cause I know there are a lot of folks who've gone cold Turkey outside of the, the, the main two trailers. Right. Um, but there's been like 20 odd TV spots. It seems like between the last trailer and this weekend, even um, right. Like they kind of did this with all the films, right. As, as it gets closer, mm-hmm. it's just like they're ramping up the media for it. Um, and uh, there's almost everything has had some sort of new shot that you hadn't seen in something previously, um, which is great. Um, but in some ways, like, I feel like I've seen a lot now, um, without still having any clear sense of the plot. And I think that's important. Um, Mm -hmm. but there is a shot of something with Han and Chewie that really makes me raise an eyebrow, but I don't want to say what it is in in case anyone's listening, who is trying to stay away from that stuff. Um, but you know, I mean, I haven't seen too many of the, um, the TV spots, so I mainly stick with the, the, the main trailers. So um, if this is from a TV spot, I may not have seen what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I, I, like I said, I don't want to share it in case anybody doesn't want to know. Um, gotcha. But yeah, the, you know, that, that being said, it's really important that Han Chewie's relationship is solidified in something very admirable, something very morally uplifting, right? Because we know in a new hope, right? Han is very much the cynical, um, braggart solo character. Um, and yet Chewie, who is, you know, this devoted moral Wookiee has sworn some sort of allegiance to Han. There has to be a reason for that, right? Chewie's not going to just swear on with any, you know, Joe Schmo. It's gotta be somebody of character. So, I'm just really curious to see what that's going to look like and how that's going to play out. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, there, ha- yeah, there has to be something and we haven't seen really, as far as I've seen the, what their introduction would have been. And there, so there has, but there has to be something, there has to be something that sparks the, the two of them working together. And obviously, uh, Han and Chewie have a lot of scenes where they're just kind of talking and it's just the two of them. And, you know, Han's asking Chewie's opinion on stuff. And so there has to be something both ways, not just, um, you know, from Han to Chewie or Chewie to Han to have this reason to, to stick around or to connect with each other. Um, so it's just, uh, has to be something that mutually develops. And I'm really curious to see how that, how that all shakes out because, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, well, they, it, it has to, it has to set the stage for the great relationship that we see, 
uh, and all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And again, specifically with A New Hope, Chewie knows there's more to Han, right? Like at the end of that film, when Mm -hmm. Han's going off and leaves what Luke assumes leaves him behind, you know, um, Chewie knows there's more to Han too, right? Whatever he says to Han, which we obviously don't know because none of us know Shri Wook. Um, But, you know, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing, right? (laughs) Um, Chewie's like, I know you better than this, Han. And clearly convinces him otherwise. And again, in the radio drama, Han admits... I think to Luke and Leia after, you know, after the battle's over that Chewie gave him a, gave him a talking to (laughs) when they were leaving. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I like it because, you know, so obviously a lot of folks and we can, we can jump into this in a a minute here or two, but everybody seems to be really jazzed about Donald Glover as, as Lando. Um, I am for sure. You know, I, there's nothing Donald Glover can't seem to do right now. I mean, the guy is a rapper, an entertainer, a writer, a producer. I mean, he's literally a renaissance man. Right. Um, and now we've got him, you know, just absolutely nailing the part of Lando from everything we've seen. And right. everybody has had yeah, consistently in the few reviews I've looked at, like he, in a way, steals the movie. And I've heard a lot of people are just like, I'm just so excited to see Lando. I am too, but I'm a Han Solo fan. I'm excited to see Han. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Like, hell yeah, I want to see Han more than Lando. It's not Lando's movie, and I love Han Solo. I want to know more <laughs> about Han. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm so excited to see what they'll do with Han's character insofar as his backstory and developing where he came from and what I've been thinking about a lot and really the last few months is, and again, this could be completely off base, but one of my favorite movies of all time and by far my favorite James Bond film of all time is Casino Royale, which is, you know, the first Daniel Craig Bond film. And, uh, you know, as, as a non hardcore Bond fan, at least a, a mild Bond fan, I will always say Daniel Craig is so far the best James Bond we've ever had. Um, and, uh, the thing I, I love, I feel like you'll probably have some pushback on that, but that's fine. You can say Sean Connery, but he's very one dimensional and wooden, but that's fine. You can love him all you want. <laughs> um, but to be fair, Daniel Craig is playing a very different James Bond than anyone else did. So, right. They yes. reinvented the character to make him modern and real, right? That's like the time of the dark Knight. Um, it was kind of a consistent theme in Hollywood films with these big action movies, but the thing I love about Casino Royale is it literally explains why James Bond is the way James Bond is, right? We've had this profoundly long history about who his character is, right? He's, he's kind of cold. He's very, you know, self-isolating, you know, and Casino Royale explains everything, right? It explains why he treats women the way he does. It doesn't doesn't say it's okay. It just explains why, you know, he gets his heart broken and he learns from his naivete. He learns from his mistakes and it turns him in, in in a way to this just like cold blooded person. And I'm thinking a lot about how Han is probably going to get burned in this film by someone or several people. And it's going to turn him into this cynic. Um, right. I mean, one of the most profound things we've gotten in the trailer is Han's statement of I've got a really good feeling about this. Han is a very optimistic character, it seems, in this film. Did you watch the uh, the clip that they released 
um, from the movie itself where they have like the showdown with Enfys Nest. It's like a no. minute and 20 second clip right out of the movie. Um, no, I didn't. It's it, yeah. I mean, like they officially released it on the Star Wars YouTube, so it's not like it was jacked from somewhere. Um, it's right. it's amazing. The biggest standout is the music. The music is awesome. Um, <laughs> I'll have to go check it out now. Yeah. So again, I don't want to say anything in case you haven't watched it, but who Han's character is even in that moment is just perfect. It's so good, and you know the th- the reason I like Casino Royale so much is because it's such a strong character piece. That explains what happens when good-intentioned, good-hearted people are go through the ringer and come out on the other side. How you know how everybody always looks different from that. It's a strong character piece, and that's that's at the end of the day all I want from Solo. Besides just the fun and adventure, you know, if it's nothing but fun and adventure, it's not going to stand the test of time. You know, um, I love like the old Ninja Turtle movies from the '90s, but you know they're they're just fun action movies. I don't really love them the way I did as a kid because. They don't have a timelessness to them. Um, So what I really want from Solo is I want to identify with Han in some way, shape, or form, and I want his character story to have meaning. I want it to explain how this good-hearted, good-natured man ultimately is turned into a cynical scoundrel. Um, And again, like I said, I think it's just going to entail a lot of hardship for Han. Um, Yeah. And it's weird to say this, but I look forward to seeing that. Um, We want to see how he gets to where he is when we meet him in the Moss Eisley Cantina in A New Hope, where he's shooting Greedo in the face, you know, either first, second or at the same time, doesn't matter. Um, But um, I, I do agree that he's going to have some sort of hardship, some sort of betrayal. Yeah. Um. And and in the trailer, uh, Beckett says something to the effect of, you know, Expect- live your life as if yeah. everyone is going to uh, betray you and you won't be disappointed. Right. Um, and I think everyone in this movie, except for Chewbacca, is going to let Han down in some way, shape, or form. Mm. I don't think anyone except Chewie will be able to stand by Han Solo 100% of the time. Yeah. And I think the hardest one for him is going to be Beckett or Kira. Um, but I, you know, for whatever reason, I don't think, you know, Kira is going to be able to go with him 100% of the time, whatever her reasons are. Beckett, I don't trust. I know, I know you want to trust him, but I don't. I don't trust Beckett at all. Um, so I think everyone except for Chewbacca is going to betray or let Han down in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and and that is going to really set the tone for who he is and set him up to live up to his name solo. Yeah. Um, except for that one, you know, walking carpet that always has his back. yeah well in in light of all of this stuff we've just said so i'm gonna i'm gonna play a really quick clip it's like 30 seconds from a song and then i'll i'll ask you if you know where this comes from after i play it um okay but it's it just i think it makes a lot of sense so here
you know where that's from? It sounds familiar. It's it so it's this it's this the like theme song for Casino Royale. It's Chris- okay. It is. Yeah. I was I was thinking it was probably something like that, and I was like, <laughs> I just haven't watched Casino Royale in a long time, so that's why I couldn't pick it out directly. Oh, I love that movie. Um, and uh, I was like, it either sounds like probably something from uh, the credits of a Bond movie or um, Smallville. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know. Chris Cornell, when he wrote that song, um, may he rest in peace. Um, unbelievable musician. I love his voice. Um, it's my favorite Bond song as well. Um, and the title of the song is You Know My Name. And it's essentially him reflecting on the fact that he knows Casino Royale is going to be a movie about the formation of James Bond. And the lines to the chorus of that song is arm yourselves because no one here will save you. The odds will betray you. Um, so like it just all of that stuff also makes me think of Han like arm yourself like put up your armor don't let anyone in you know um the prize will uh never fulfill you you know this idea that um you know things just fall apart so therefore you know become solo become independent take care of yourself type of a thing and then it ends mm-hmm. with you know my name han solo right <laughs> like, right so i just feel like mainly because i love that song uh i feel like in a way potentially it could be a good song for this movie I mean, potentially, you know, we, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But, you know, there could be some intrepid YouTube, you know, movie clip, you know, person who, who makes a music video to that uh, from Solo Ooh, after yeah. the fact. So that'd be cool. Um, but, yeah, no, that that's uh, that's definitely a good way to look at this because, you know, that's what we – that's what we see with Han Solo in A New Hope is he's always got his guard up. Don't let anybody in except Luke is naive and innocent and, you know, good hearted and good natured enough to break past all of those barriers. Um, because Han sees, you know, possibly the idealism and the optimism that he once had. Yeah. Yeah. I think he sees some of himself in it. Yeah, obviously. And that is what we'll start with in this movie. And we'll start getting Han Solo moving a lot farther down that road towards the cynical scoundrel. Right. That stuck up half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder that we get in the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And I you know, and a lot of things people have been talking about with the build up to this film is that Han's character arc will be like that of Anakin's. It's one of of a downfall, right? Um, I mean, he doesn't become evil and corrupt and a murderer like, you know, Darth Vader. But this idea that a good person in a way falls from grace, uh, falls from the light, um, I think in some way is, you know, if you have a character who starts his journey by saying, I've got a really good feeling about this. But then the next time we meet him, his expression is, I've got a really bad feeling about this. Something, you know, something came apart. I mean, I don't, yeah, something came apart. I don't think it's going to be a downfall. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a fall from grace. I think it's going to be, you know, outside oppression, outside, you know, pressure, outside, you know, betrayals. So, but yeah, no, it, it could in a, you know, in a broad sense reflect, um, Anakin, Anakin's fall. But I think it's going to be more of a, you know, the man 
keeping you down sort of a of a story. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. So um go ahead. I I want to ask you specifically and I know we we already talked a little bit about Lando and Donald Glover but you know what what are you hoping to get out of Lando in this movie? Mm, what do you want to see Lando be doing or you know in in this film? That's a great question. You know, I've never I've never put a lot of thought into Lando as a character because to me Lando's always just been a great background character. Um that's how I've always seen him. Um like I love it. Return of the Jedi would not be as good without Lando. Um no doubt about it. And I think the thing I love most weirdly enough my favorite Lando movie as of right now is Return of the Jedi. I love the go get him attitude he brings to the Battle of Endor, right? You know, we have no fault but to retreat, General Calrissian. We won't get Our another can't repel firepower of that magnitude. We, we we won't get another shot at this, right? Like Lando's like he's pushing for this. He's pushing. Lando would have loved Radis, um, and <laughs> vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think so. I guess what I'd love to see from Lando in this movie is what does hmm. Well, I do want to see him in some cool action stuff because I've seen some things in some of the TV spots that I'm really excited about. I'm excited to see Lando throw down. Um, yeah. And I think besides that, I really want to see what makes him grow so close to Han. What does he see in Han? What does Han see in Lando? Um, you know, I have a feeling that Lando is a bit of a solitary figure. While he is very outgoing, I doubt he lets many people in, right? Maybe right. besides like L3. Um, I've seen a couple of things in TV spots where it seems like he knows Kira. Well, clearly she knows him. Um, probably not as well. She knows Han, but you know, Kira is the one that introduces Han to Lando. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what, how Lando knows Kira. I wonder if there's going to be any jealousy in that. I mean, has Kira and Lando been together and maybe that'll play into some jealousy on Han's part. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious to see what is it about, what is it about Han that Lando latches onto and inevitably I would think in some way allows himself to be made vulnerable for. And what is it about Lando that Han makes himself vulnerable for? Because again, these guys are friends um, when we see them in empire, you know, yes, what Lando does is horrible, but his hand was forced. Um, and I'm just curious to see what is it about these two characters? Cause in a way it almost seems like they would never like each other besides just like the falsity of it. Right. Like the, uh, you know, the fake bravado of like, Oh yeah, he's my friend. He's my friend. But like at the end of the day, they're just ultimately competing with each other, whether it's over who can fly the fastest, who can get the girl, whatever that may be. So I right. think what'll be interesting is what is it about these two characters who are in a way are very individualistic and in probably in also similar ways, a bit of braggarts. So what is it about it that allows them to put their guards down and form a friendship? So, yeah, no, that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. A uh, good way to think of that. Um, what about you though? What are you I excited? Like that. What are you excited to see? Well, what I want to, I'm curious to see what, what about Lando uh, what is it about Lando that enables him to go from being a card shark to the Baron Administrator of Cloud City? 
I'm curious to see what is there something in him? Is does he have this entrepreneurial idea that always is in the back of his head? What what is it? What does he always have have this dream of of being you know in charge of something? I don't know. I you know maybe it's just something weird. I I don't need something in depth. I just need like a throwaway line or something. Maybe he's got you know a a, a poster of city for sale in his you know closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm curious to know. You know what? What makes someone who appears to be a rather successful gambler and card shark? Because I mean, if you looked at his wardrobe, mm-hmm. you didn't get that from you know being the delivery boy. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's uh, what? What makes? What is it about somebody like that that enables him to become the Baron Administrator of Cloud City? What? What? I, I just want to. I'm curious to see if they do anything with that dichotomy because it's he's very different from what we're seeing here in Solo to where we see him in Empire. So, yeah, yeah that's that's really neat. I'll be curious to see more about that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not anticipating any like a huge amount of time spent on it. I don't even you know maybe they won't at all. You know, but I'm just curious to see if they will do that. You know, I'm right. <laughs> he's he's a quirky guy. Yeah, he's a quirky guy, and I I, I want to know. I mean, everyone wants to know a little bit more about Lando. What makes him tick? I mean, he's so smooth. Why wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> but that's also you got to watch out for those smooth characters because they yeah. will slip through your fingers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking of the the line in Empire though when you know. Um, when Lando's like lift, listing off, lift, listing off all the issues that they're having at Cloud City, you know, Han's just chuckling. What? What is it? You look at you. You know, who ever thought of that? You know, responsible yeah. leader. You know, respectable leader. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's a really cool point too. Like, what is it? What is it about Lando that makes him go from just being a good gambler to being able to run a city? You know, right? Um, in a way, he's a space governor. So um, <laughs> what is it about him that, you know, gives him that that responsibility? And uh, I've al- I always loved um, in in the Empire Strikes Back radio drama, the sp- the point where Lando stops to, who, by the way, is voiced by Billy D in the radio drama um, when he you know goes over the loudspeaker to, to warn the people that the Empire is you know taking over and, you know, to get out of there. Lando, I love it in the radio drama because he really expounds upon like you can really hear it in his voice how much he cares for the people of Cloud City. Um, right. He his sign off is "May luck be with us all," right? Like he's a gambler at the end of the day, but he in some way does believe in something bigger. Maybe I don't know, right? Like not necessarily the Force or a God or anything like that, but even he recognizes that hopefully there's something bigger that'll watch out for his people. Um, right. And and I like that that sense of compassion lando has an empire so it'd be cool to see where was he at the beginning and yeah where did he how did he get there too i would not be surprised with how much people are probably going to love lando in this film that we we eventually get a donald glover donald glover lando film as well Um, i mean there's already speculation that that's going to be next right you know or or going to be happening you know that i've seen definite speculation you know when people you know, passing around fake articles saying that, that that's going to be happening, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. The, 
the thing is too. Um, so I've been reading Longshot right now, which um, you know the the new Han and Lando novel mm-hmm. is pretty good. I mean, um, I'm enjoying it more than a lot of the new canon. To be fair, um, it's definitely not my favorite so far, but it's 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 I'm enjoying it a lot more than like something like Thrawn, for instance. Um, cause it, again, it's, it's more my style as, as my, as my friend Greg would say, he's like, you know, I love the Thrawn. I love those dense, compact things. Uh, Carl, I think you like the more exciting, quick pace things. I'm like, yep, that's me. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long shot is certainly more to that speed. Um, but there's a great little scene in this and it, it this is a very minor spoiler cause it's not a big point in the, the book, but there's a point in the book though, where Lando's gambling with some people and he loses quite miserably. And then when they're leaving, Han's like, you let that happen, right? He's like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, playing them and trying to figure some stuff out about them. So Lando is also a great con man. Oh, yeah. And something I've been thinking about in light of that is I wonder if Lando purpose, purposefully loses the Falcon to Han. Oh. And I say that only in the sense of, like, maybe, you know, he sees how good Han is with the ship. Um, and I think Han, Lando might actually be the captain of the Falcon when they make the Kessel run. Um, Cause there's a little argument scene in the novel too, where, you know, Han's bragging again about the, making the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. And Lando's like, well, you know, you weren't the captain. He's like, but I made the run. So like, there's this quick little argument between them to imply that, you know, and <laughs> even when Han says it, you know, it's the ship that made the Kessel run. He doesn't say I made the Kessel run. He just says, right. it's the ship. He, and he probably says that because he wasn't, the captain at the time i think what we're going to see is han makes the kessel run he's the one who pulls it off right he's the pilot he's the gift he has a gift that lando doesn't have when it comes to piloting right there's just something innate about han he's the Mm -hmm. michael jordan of space piloting Um, right hera be damned i'm sorry hera's no han (laughs) Um, no i'm I'm getting so annoyed when people are like oh hera's definitely the better pilot no flipping way um, no, and, and by the way, she admits that too. There's an episode right. of Forces of Destiny, Forces of Destiny yep. um, where she's like, you know, they, they're making Han say that the ghost is better than the Falcon, and then he says it, and she, Hera's like, by the way, nobody believes that. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, the fact that even in Force Awakens, Ray knows that what the Millennium Falcon is, you know, 40, 45 years potentially later than the Kessel Run to know that, like, right. that's a legend. Han's a legend in a way that Hera just isn't. Um, and that's not to belittle Hera. I love Hera, but she's no Han. So, no. but that being said, you know, I'm just curious to see if, like, in light of how successful and how good Han is with the Falcon, if maybe they are playing Sabacc for it at the end of the you know, towards the end of the film and Lando in a way, like maybe he, you know, we see he's got the better hand, but he purposely folds or something or just like lets himself lose fair and square. But, you know, Lando, I would like to, th- I would think Lando is probably the better card player. Um, I mean, he's a, in a way, professional gambler. Um, right. And in the same way that Han's a professional pilot. Um, so I just think it'd be, how interesting would that be though? How much would that be interesting if that was the tables turned, right? So Han does legitimately win it, but in a way out of Lando's charity. So Lando recognizes Han's potential with the Falcon and he sees it as something in a way that he owes to Han, right? Like it'll give Han a better life. So I'm going to let him win this type of a thing. I don't know. This is literally just speculation, but I just think it might be an interesting take if that's what happened. Yeah, no, I, I would... I wouldn't put it past Lando, um, 
But Lando would never in a million years tell Han that he did that. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, that, that would be an interesting, an interesting occurrence. We'll have to see. Right. Um, <laughs> not too long from now. I know. Let's, now, yeah. one other question sure. I want to ask. Um, we've got, you know, Han, Chewie, Lando, which we've talked a lot about yes. uh, today, but they're all characters we've seen before. Right. Who are you looking forward to finding out most about of our new set of characters? Back it. Sorry. Beckett. Okay. <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> so, yes. Beckett. Okay. It's it's Beckett with a close second of um Enfys Nest. With Ooh. a close third of Kira. So they're all like spludged right there at the the top. You know, I don't think we'll get a ton on Enfys Nest. I think in a way she'll be a more mysterious villain type character like a Boba Fett, mm-hmm. but with probably actually cool stuff to do. Um <laughs> and uh the reason I am so curious about Beckett, one, I do, I love Woody Harrelson. I just, I, I love him as an actor and as a human being. Um, it, the thing I really like about Beckett that I'm excited again, and, you know, so this is obviously me like bringing other things I love and thrusting them into Star Wars. So first was Casino Royale, now I'm going to do Batman Begins um, <laughs> <laughs> and say that in a way I'm curious if Beckett is somewhat similar to the Ra's al Ghul character, right? Um, well, he's known as Dukat at the beginning of the film. Bruce Wayne doesn't know that he's actually Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, but he provides Bruce with what he needs insofar as giving him this excellent training, giving him, you know, the the mentorship to move past his sense of guilt for what happened to his parents, right? So he gives him that sense of freedom. But he can only go he can only offer so much because at the end of the day, his sense of morality is too black and white for Bruce. Bruce understands that there's more gray to life, right? Like, well, this person's bad. We can't just kill them, right? It doesn't work like that. We're not, I'm not an executioner. So that's why he ultimately turns on him is because he understands that, you know, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows are ultimately, while in, in their mind they're doing good, they're ultimately just a militant group and they're dangerous. So, He's a so that makes Razal Ghul while he is a mentor, he's a flawed mentor, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what Beckett in a way becomes. I don't I don't think Beckett is some evil villainous character in the way that like Razal Ghul became, but I think for Beckett he just at the end of the day, you don't like you just don't get close to people like you don't do that, and I think what he'll probably and again this is just a speculation I wouldn't be surprised if in some way Beckett sells Han out. Because at the end of the day, I feel like Beckett's highest priority always will be completing the job and getting that paycheck. Um, you know, so even at the expense of the people he, in a way, cares about or is supposed to have a sense of loyalty to. And mm-hmm. I think that will be very heartbreaking for Han, obviously. So I'm just, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm interested to see, like, Beckett provide some cool mentorship, right? Like, I think Beckett is. He's the mentor figure in this film, which I'm excited to see what kind of mentorship he provides. But I'm also curious, where will he fail? Um, and how's that going to impact on? Yeah. So clearly, everybody I'm caring about clearly goes back to their reflection on Han. And I know that makes me sound very Han-centric, but it's called Solo, and he's my favorite character. So I won't apologize for it. <laughs> <laughs> um but, uh, oh man! Well, I mean, it, I'm, I can't blame you, but uh, Han is definitely a character I'm really interested to, to see in this movie. But as far as the new characters yeah. are concerned, um, can I guess? Sure. All right, we've been doing this a while, my friend. So I want to I want to take a guess, and I'm okay. going to say L three. Well, 
Not really, no. Okay, I only suspect because I know you love droids. So I do love droids. <laughs> I do love some of the droids, but an L three looks fun. But um, honestly, the one who's intriguing me right now uh, um, at this stage in the game is Kira. Okay, say why. I'm curious why. Uh, because she's going to have the longest history with Han, and whatever she does that hurts Han, that betrays Han is going to hurt the most, probably even more than when, when Beckett sells him out, you know, if that's, if that's indeed what happens. Uh, because she and Han grew up together. You know, we, we see them in, in what we assume, the two, you know, you and I assume to be that prologue scene where they're in the speeder together racing through the city, um, and then they meet back up for this mission. Um, I'm wondering if she's actually working directly for whoever this, this big bad guy is, uh, this big gangster is. Dryden um, Voss. What, what's, what's his name? Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss, yes. Dryden Voss, which, by the way, great evil name. Ah, um, such a good name. Great evil name. And I want to know more about him, too, because, you know, that I, like, I like to know who my big bad guys are. But right now, she's intriguing to me because... She's someone who Han appears to trust or want to trust, um, even after they haven't seen each other for a long time. Uh, but I feel like in whatever happened to her in that time since they last saw each other, from between that speeder chase and when they meet up for this job, she has become a much, much different person. And she's putting up this front for Han in order to make him comfortable to have him go along with the plan and all this stuff. Um, and, and I'm really curious to see what happened to who she was, not only as a character, but who she was to Han and where she ends up being. I think, I think she's going to be the one that breaks him the most. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tragic and it's going to be, heartbreaking uh for han um and i'm just i'm interested to see how that all goes down yeah um i'm doing a quick google search for something because i want to get this name right um okay but yeah kira reminds me a lot of um so han has a, a consistent love interest through the han solo trilogy by ac crispin um all right let me find her name I want to say Breha, but I don't think that's... No, it's not Breha. That's freaking Bail Organa's wife. Um, <laughs> come on, Carl. You know this stuff. Let's see. What is her name? Um, one second here. Blip, 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 Bria. Yeah, so it's very similar. Bria, B-R-I-A. Um, so she is. she becomes Han's love interest in the, the first novel of the trilogy, and she kind of persists through and in the last last novel rebel dawn so bria eventually joins the rebellion and she really wants han to leave his smuggler ways to join her in the rebellion but han won't he you know he just won't fight in anybody's war like it's not his thing and it and they just kind of go their separate ways but it leaves han very jaded um and the thing about bria is her character in the first novel is she's ultimately like drugged and manipulated by this this like syndicate group that ultimately like help make the empire richer 
So in the second novel, Bria infiltrates that group. She pretends to be one of like an imperial governor's like girlfriend or love interest just to like basically she's working him to help the rebellion. And there's something we've seen in one of the TV spots. So I apologize, but it's, it's a minor spoiler. So if, if you need to cover your ears for like the next 15 seconds, do you care if I say it? Go for it. But we see that she is Dryden Voss introduces her to Han in the the clip as his top lieutenant, as if Han doesn't know her. So I'm just curious if, and again, I do, I don't think Lawrence Kasdan sat down and read AC Crispin's Han Solo trilogy and tried to like, you know, mimic anything. Um, but I just think it's interesting that, and we don't even know that she's a love interest for Han. They could literally just be friends. Um, but uh, I just find it interesting that she's his Dryden Voss's top lieutenant. But most likely, she's not a villainous character. So I'm wondering if she's working him from some angle as well. So I don't know. We'll 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 see. Um, and other one other little thing. Did you see what Kira gets to do in one of the TV clips? No, I I have not seen any of the TV spots for like the last two or three weeks. All I will say is, while clearly Solo will probably not have any lightsabers, don't think that there won't be any melee fights. Aha! Nice. That's all I'll say. Nice. <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. Well, I mean, it's Star Wars. We have to have some sort of melee action. Yep. Yep. I um, mean, Chirrut gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the interesting thing, and you've, you've brought up the A.C. Crispin Han Solo trilogy several times, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was Leland Chi, who is the, the former keeper of the holocron, um, at Lucasfilm and now part of the uh, Lucasfilm Story Group. I believe it was him. It was either Leland Chi or Pablo Hidalgo tweeted out a while ago, they're really excited about this movie because a lot of Legends is about to become canon. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm glad you enjoy the AC Crispin Han Solo trilogy a lot because I've never read it. Mm-hmm. And I want to know... Uh, once we've seen the movie, how much actually translates over to now canon. So, yeah. um, well, I'm also curious too, because they also said to reread the Brian Daly Han solo adventures because they mimic the feel of the solo movie. And so my goal was to read all six of those books before the movie. I've read one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started the Han solo. I mean, I've just been so busy with work and like, I'm reading other things too. Um, that it just didn't happen. I, I mean, I read the Han Solo at Star's End. It's great. Um, it's, a, it's a fun adventure story. But I've read the AC Crispin trilogy twice now. Um, I do still want to reread it again eventually. But I remember a lot of the big things. And I remember the first time I read it, it was just a very interesting time. So my, my aunt had given it to me as a birthday present before I went off to Chicago, of all places, to think about becoming a Jesuit priest for the summer. And I read that trilogy while I was away in this program for the summer in Chicago. And the thing I loved most, the reason I liked the story so much was because it was ultimately about Han finding his identity while I was on this quest to find my identity. I mean, very different types of identity. I didn't become a scoundrel and a smuggler. Um, but uh, nor did I become a priest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right. But uh, it was, uh, you know... It was such that was the thing I loved most about the AC Crispin books is that it does do just again like a great job of developing Han as a character and how he becomes who he is. Um, and there's just a lot of great side characters. Um, so, you know, that was another character that um, the, the in a way like the mentor figure for Han and the AC Crispin books. Oh, my gosh. What was his name? Son of a gun. 
I should have looked that up. But whatever. Oh, Shrike. I don't remember his first name, but his last name is Shrike. Um, and apparently everybody was speculating early on that that's who Woody Harrelson was playing. And they somebody asked Woody Harrelson in an interview. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's who I'm playing. But then when they confirmed the character's name, which is not Shrike, um, you know, and, and Shrike is also like he's an he's just a plain butt nugget. Like he's a jerk on. He's not while he is a mentor. He's a horrible mentor from day one. And he like he abuses Han physically and emotionally. Um, and Han hates him. I don't think that's the impression that I get from Beckett. Right. And it, I also don't think Beckett has been part of Han's life since he was a kid. I think he enters Han's life in the context of the film and takes Han under his wing, but I don't think he's the exact same character as that Shrike. So, no, but there's probably, there's probably similarities, um, to the characters. So, right. Um, but just, you know, for the sense of, of, of closing thoughts, I mean, again, we could talk, I'm, I'm sure easily another hour about just speculating and what, whatnot, but just for the sake of time and the sense of like, I'm just really excited to talk about the movie come later this week. <laughs> um, what do you most want to see in the film and what would you be disappointed if you don't get probably not disappointed to the point that you're going to be like, you know, if, you know, one of these fan babies and just whine and complain. But, you know, I mean, I think it's fair to say like there are things it's OK to say there's things that would disappoint you. And I, I think people being disappointed by Last Jedi is totally fine. It's just what you do with it. Um, right. You know, but anyway, so what do you really want to see and what would you be maybe disappointed by if you didn't get to see it? Well, this is interesting because I'm really excited about this movie, but Han Solo has never been like my guy. I, he's never been someone who's been my my favorite. He's never, you know, I've enjoyed him, um, but I've never been one to really, you know, actively pursue digging into his backstory, that sort of thing. Um, I think he's essential to the the saga as a whole. But he's just not someone that was my focus ever. Um, and so I don't have a whole lot of expectations at all. I want this to be a – I really want this to be a fun, swashbuckling adventure with scoundrels and weird aliens and you know strange places and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, and I think we're going to get that, so I don't think my expectation and my desire is going to be unmet. Um, I will probably be slightly disappointed if there's no mention or allusion to the Force or the Jedi or something like that in some mm. way. Just, you know, a briefest hint. You know, it doesn't have to be anything blatant or in-depth, but, you know, the, that's that's my that's my big thing in Star Wars is just the Force and the Jedi and that sort of thing. Um, so if we don't get any of that, which there's a, poss- a good possibility that we won't, but um, and I, I, it won't damage the movie for me at all, I'll just be a little, bit, a little disappointed because it's something I've always enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, I still think there might be a mention. And I still think um, Voss might be a collector of, of all sorts of ancient artifacts and one or a few of them could be Jedi artifacts or something like that. So, yeah, well, there's that, you know, 
the shot that's in Entertainment Weekly of what looks to be a Mandalorian costume hanging in his office. Yeah. Right now, whether that means he's a Mandalorian or not doesn't like you said, he could just be a collector. Yeah, I I I get the feeling that he's um an acquirer of expensive and rare items and artifacts. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I think he'll be a cool villain. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I haven't seen much of him um and stuff yet. Um, but I'm really curious about him. So anyway, what about you? What what are you really wanting to see, and what would you be disappointed if uh, you didn't see? Well, like you, I, I mean, I definitely second the idea of seeing just a fun adventure Western Star Wars movie again. Um, what I'm looking forward to most, like I've been saying most of this episode, is just Han's character arc. What do they do with his character? Um, and uh, I think what I'd... And again, I'd be disappointed for like a day, um, but I'd be a little disappointed if we don't get to see Han in some sort of hand-to-hand brawl. Like, I just, I really want to see him, you know, get into a melee fight. Not necessarily melee, like he doesn't need to have a freaking sword or vibro knife or something. I don't expect a Han to be that kind of combat fighter, but I'd love to see Han in some sort of physical scuffle outside of just using his blaster, because I'm sure we're going to get plenty of that. Um, well, I... I'm pretty sure we will. I think there's, you know, there's that shot in. Uh, I forget if it was the first teaser or the trailer, uh, where Voss is slicing with those little, uh, almost like knuckle knives or whatever. Yeah. It is, and it looks like Han is the one ducking out of the way. Yeah. So I think we're gonna get that that brawl. Yeah, I w- yeah. So I just I really want to see that um, because again, and I, I think I've made this point on a, on a previous episode, but. All of my favorite fight scenes in Star Wars are duels for the most part because there's something great about those like individual character battles. Um, mm-hmm. As fun as it is to see a great big epic space battle or a great cool like big land battle or something like that, there's something really great about the intimacy of a, of a one-on-one type fight um, between two characters or a couple of characters. So um, I, yeah, I, just, I would love to see Han get into a fight of that capacity. So nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know for you, you have Phoenix comic con this coming weekend. I do. I do. Um, and boy, howdy, is this going to be an adventure? Um, I think I mentioned it last episode, but just so everyone uh, remembers, um, I'll be seeing this movie Thursday night with everybody else. Um, I don't have any special, uh, preview screenings like Carl does. Um, so I'll be seeing it Thursday night like everybody else. And then Friday morning at 1030 at Phoenix Comic Con, um, I'll be driving up early that morning from Tucson to Phoenix. I'll be having a panel about Solo and the future of Star Wars. So we'll, we'll talk about the upcoming stuff, uh, plus the movie. And there will be a spoiler-free discussion about Solo uh, for the general panel. Uh, but then at the end, we will have a spoiler discussion for those who have seen it or don't care about spoilers. So because I know there are those of, of you out there. Um, right. So um, if you are in the Phoenix, Tucson area and you're thinking about going to Phoenix Comic Con, 1030 a.m. Friday morning, I got a panel solo in the future of Star Wars. And we'll be talking about this and a bunch of other stuff. So um 
I'm excited about that. And that will be recorded and put on the podcast um, for those who aren't able to make it. I won't be able to be there. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, one of these days, I think it'd be cool if you were able to come out for it because it's a I'd fun convention. To. Yeah. Well, maybe one of the years when there's an off year with celebration. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to, to see this. And, and again, I'm so humbled and, and, and appreciative of the fact that I do get to go a couple days early. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm totally thrilled and, when we go on premiere night, which will be Thursday night, I mean, I'll be going with my, my friend Greg again and, and my friend Ben will be back. So we're, he's coming with us as well. And my, my friend Tyler and his wife, Steph, like we're all going. It's going to be a great time. Um, and at the actual premiere night, both Ben and I will be dressing up as Han. Ben's got the Force Awakens Han costume. And I have the Empire Strikes Back from the waist up costume because I need to buy the pants. <laughs> so I'm just wearing with like khakis. <laughs> so I don't care. It actually looks pretty cool with khakis. Um so I'm really excited for that. It's going to be so much fun. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to go again Friday night with with my buddy Greg. And uh, I'm so excited, you know, and because of how crazy this week is, um, you know, that's why we wanted to get this episode out a little bit earlier. Um, and unfortunately, because of, you know, you being away in, in Phoenix and then obviously I, I early Saturday morning, I'm heading down to New York City to go to a wedding with uh, Joe Hogan and that group of buddies of mine. So it's not Joe who's getting married, but one of our friends. So uh, we just won't have time to record between now and next week. So unfortunately we won't be able to get out a quick reaction video like or episode like we normally do, but next or next Tuesday, don't worry. We will have a full after a couple days of getting to digest as well, a a full episode all about solo. Um, early next week. Um, I may do something very brief um, Friday afternoon to put out before I go see it again. Um, so TBD, if you see something pop into your feed, obviously listen, um, it won't be spoiler free. So heads up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may do a quick video to post Tuesday night after I see it, just like a quick, like spoiler free reaction. Um, unless I'm really disappointed. I won't share that because I don't want to let anybody down. Um, but, uh, but also, even if he is excited, TBD, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I also don't want to like hype people up and then have them feel let down. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, as a result of all the you know craziness that's going on this week, obviously with the new film, but also with both of our crazy schedules this week, um, we have obviously just we're going to put the the poll and matchup stuff on a back burner just for now um, until until Soul has been out and and. You know, we had the uh, the poll of your favorite musical moment from Force Awakens. We're probably going to hit pause on that and come back to that a little bit later. Um, yes. Because obviously we didn't have time to post it this week like we wanted to because we had to record sooner than expected. Um, yes. So certainly, you know, if, if, if you come back to the to the show, um, which we hope you do, um, you'll find out more about uh, fun ways to participate. Um, and again, yes. if you are new and you've listened through the whole episode, thank you for your time. Um, we know how many great Star Wars podcasts are out there. So, and even if you have been listening for years or just days, like we feel very gracious and very grateful. It's the better word that you take the time to listen to us, just talk Star Wars and just, you know, have a, have a good time doing that. So thank you so much for your, yeah. for your time. And we can't wait to hear what other people think about solo. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, as you see it, this, you know, at the end of this week, you know, feel free to, 
you know, send in your thoughts. Again, if you post anything, though, in our public forum, like if you want to post something on the Facebook wall or comment anywhere, please keep spoiler free until next week. Um, you know, we don't want, you know, in case yes. people can't see it till later this weekend, please don't spoil that for other people. If you have something you really want to discuss um, that is a spoiler, feel free to just send us, you know, a direct message on, on Facebook or uh, send us an email, something like that, um, so yeah. that you don't spoil it for other folks. And then, of course, as always, when we do our our movie discussions and stuff, we will have an episode all about your thoughts on Solo. Um, so we'll we'll give our thoughts the first week after the movie releases, and then next week will be all about your thoughts, where we will read and discuss those. So uh, be sure to be thinking about what you might want to say. Write them in and email those to us. We are going to be collecting, just to make it easier for us to collect all of the responses for said show, just email them to us, um, and we'll be collecting the thoughts from there to read. Um, right. And, and uh, You're always welcome to record a brief MP3, too, if you want to send that along if you want to send like a minute long voice recording if you just prefer that to writing something that's obviously always welcome as well yes so please uh do that get those sent in and you can send those in as soon as you've seen the movie um and we'll collect those for uh two episodes down the line from now obviously next episode will be all about our thoughts on the movie um and then the one after that we'll record we will do all of your thoughts so and somewhere in there, we'll probably stick the Phoenix Comic Con panel. So right. we're still figure <laughs> that'll be out at some point with all of this stuff. So, um, <laughs> but yes, Carl, if people want to weigh in on what they're excited to possibly see for Solo um, or anything else, where can they do that? Well, of course, like I said, we have a Facebook. You can find us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wampuslur podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wampuslur. Our email is wampuslurpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always support the show on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash wampuslurpodcast. And, again, if you are a new or returning listener and you've not yet given us a star review in the iTunes store or written a review, we always really appreciate those. It really helps get the word out through iTunes about the show. So to those of you who've done it, thank you. To those of you who haven't, please consider. (laughs) Exactly. You got anything else, Carl? Uh, Jason, we're seeing a new Star Wars movie this week. I don't know how else you can encapsulate that in words. I yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm just mad that you're seeing it before me. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna text you that night and just be like, here's all the spoilers, and then just send you a picture of Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> if you send me a picture of Jar Jar, I will be happy either way. But if you send me a spoiler, I will kill you. Um, <laughs> And I will be on the hunt for a new co-host. Um, <laughs> anyway, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. Thank you already for listening to episode 283, Solo Preview Show. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time after we've seen Solo here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>